live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, season 10. Hi everyone and welcome back to The Dark Paranormal Season 10. We're already at Episode 7, meaning there's only three more episodes to go of this season. Doesn't time fly? A huge thank you to everyone who's reached out following last week's episode and also a huge thank you to everyone who's already started submitting their true paranormal experiences for Season 11. Now, if you'd like to do the same, email us at thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com or head over to our new website, thedarkparanormal.com and click the Contact Us link. Either way, as long as we receive them, that's all we require. And I will say, from what we've received thus far, I can't wait to get my teeth into Season 11. But enough about the future. What are we going to look at today? Well, today we have another cautionary tale about dabbling with divination. It's often been said that when you're at your lowest point is when the darkness will come and try and find you. Feeding off your misery, your hopelessness, your despair and your depression. But what do you do when you believe you've made contact with a true loved one? Someone you believe is reaching out a helping hand? Well, as anyone who's been in that experience will tell you, the first thing you will do is reach out for that safety net. And that's exactly what our listener done today. However, the safety net wasn't exactly what it was made out to be. But before we move on to today's true paranormal listener experience, we of course need to say a huge thank you to our team over at Patreon. When you join our team at Patreon... Not only will you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, but you can also receive exclusive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is a show which runs each and every week, even on the downtime in between seasons. And as we mentioned earlier, there will soon be a break in seasons coming up. But by signing up to our Patreon, it means you never miss that weekly paranormal fix. Plus, there's well over 50 hours of Patreon-only content for you to go and binge right now. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon. And we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal just like the following wonderful new team members have. Julesy, Justin Staley, Katie Dermody, Kat Mack, Hyde, Lysana Anderson, Legacy Nitro, Fanny Garcia, Joe Adams-Love, Brian Gould, Joe Batung, Amber Hainham, Taylor, Kate Loftus, Michael Moore, Austin Kelly, Lisa, Matt J. Wright, Jessica White, Kelly, Rocky Vansu, Jeanine Besnia, Aisha, Susie T, Jeremiah Cook, Fox Rowell, Jupiter, Tanner Newton, Amber Reese, Charlotte, Jenny Says, A. Froge, Kendra Martin, Michael E and Jeanette Rodriguez. Thank you so much for the support, guys. It truly means the world. I hope you enjoy all the early ad-free releases and, of course, all of those additional Dark Bites episodes. So once more, if you wish to join our team, head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. But right now, it's time to lower those lights. Make yourself comfortable 
And of course, leave your disbelief at the door as we hear all about the father of evil. Everything I'm about to write down is 100% true. As you'd expect, given some of the content, names have been changed for privacy, the same for locations. But in terms of the actual events, they are, sadly, 100% factual. So, best to begin at the start, I guess. I'm Amber. I'm late thirties, and due to a series of missteps and failed relationships, I still live at home with my mum, just me and her. My dad passed away when I was fifteen, turning our cute little family of three into a, well, held together by a piece of thread family of two. As I think on it, I think that's also part of the reason I'm still at home. Some protective part of me wants to make sure mum's okay. She's in her late 60s now, and with the exception of the odd fling here or there, has always stated she wanted to ensure I was okay first and foremost. It leaves you with a strange mix of both feeling gloved but also feeling massive guilt. Because when this woman was in her prime, she may have found happiness again. And being, well, in all honesty, not the nicest of teenagers, part of me thinks I'm responsible for her never having that. But that's where we are. That's our situation. And that's how we still are to this day. Our roles well defined. My true paranormal experience began around two years ago. You see, a guy from where I worked was suddenly dumped by his girlfriend. And completely out of the blue, he began to show an interest in me. I should say this came as a shock. A very flattering one at that. You see, he was a ten, and I mean a ten. Not only in looks, but in personality, kindness, you name it. Now, I'm at best a six and a half, and I also had a few years over him. Plus, and it's a big plus, I had a boyfriend at the time. But anyone's head would be turned by this guy, seriously. It was clear to me that this had to be a rebound thing, right? Plus, once again, I was in a relationship. That said, I, as pathetic as this sounds to say, I've had full experience in being someone else's stepping stone whilst they regroup, dust themselves down, pick up where they left off and head back to the tens with a thumbs up. In addition, this guy was actually a good friend for years prior to this shift in dynamic. So, believing I was going into this eyes open, I was happy to bring up my old tool bag of tricks to help them back on their feet, me for a few coffees, etc. The way I viewed it was if I could make my friend feel better about himself, help him see what everyone else did, 
and give myself a much-needed ego boost at the same time, then win-win. But coffees, nothing more. Although my relationship was in a bad place at the time too, I was still in a relationship. I just had to be careful to not fall. Just don't fall. Well, I fell. And I fell hard. And as I'd experienced before, as I began falling, was just as they began dusting themselves down and standing up. Well, fuck. It was my own stupid fault, really. I knew what would happen, but jumped in regardless. He wasn't to blame in the slightest, and is probably with a fellow ten as I type. Fully dusted down and ready to go. Typing that shouldn't still make my stomach sink, but hey, it is what it is. That's life, it seems. My relationship went to shit around the same time. Unsurprisingly, my partner picked up on the fact something wasn't there anymore. And it tore me apart to know that they were an innocent victim in all of this. I was the bad one here. Worse than bad. Awful, even. But the heart goes where the heart goes. Head be damned. And for anyone listening and judging me on that, sincerely, go F yourself. Unless you've been there, you have no idea. So, now single, and probably at the lowest point of my life in a long time, I went into zombie mode. It's funny how being emotionally drained can make you focus on the most menial of tasks. I guess it's a distraction tactic. That said, my mum and I began to form more of a relationship, what with me not leaving the house. We completed jigsaws. Hell, I even started knitting with her. But every night, I would lay wide awake and even at almost 40, would cry for my dad. Wishing he was still here. Knowing he would somehow, make this all better. I had one true friend, Emily. But Emily herself had issues. She had an addictive personality, which had, in turn, found her being pulled over for drink driving. And she was currently midway through her driving ban and community service when she knocked at the door. "'You're not answering my texts,' So I thought I'd front you on your doorstep, she joked, shaking a pack of beer. Beer was an acceptable evil out of what she'd faced and conquered, mainly liquor and pills, which she'd almost killed herself with. But thankfully, she'd kicked both of those habits. I smiled and opened the door, and we sat in my room and drank, and I spilled my guts over everything that had happened over the last few months, and how I was now basically a recluse through choice. The drunker I got, the angrier I got, with myself, with my situation, with being such an idiot in the first place. I teared up into an almost shaking rage 
before collapsing, head in hands, and exclaiming how I'd cried for my dad every night for the last God knows how many nights. Now, God bless her, she has her faults, but Emily hates seeing me upset, and, her being as drunk as I was, she jumped to her feet. Okay, let's ask him. She went over to my small bedside table and dragged it in between us on the floor, pulled a sheet of paper from a nearby folder and began to write the alphabet around the edge of the square. A Ouija board? Really? I laughed, taking another swig of beer. Emily stopped writing and pulled a serious face. Dude, this shit works. My cousin does it all the time. She carried on writing the letters. Okay, okay, she said, looking around. Ah, there we go. And she then went and pulled some tack from behind a day planner on my wall, sticking the paper to the desk. Okay, go and get a glass, a shot glass if you've got one, she said. And so I did as I was told. When I returned, Emily had thrown my red blanket over the lampshade giving the room a deep, dark, red glow. Really? I said. Shut up and sit down. Come on. I shook my head and sat down. Okay, said Emily. Place your pinky on the glass, really lightly. I sighed and did so. Ow! I got a really painful and sharp static shock off the glass and pulled my hand away. See? nodded Emily. I pulled a really face and put my finger back on the glass. Emily cleared her throat and began. Dear spirit world, we wish to make contact with Amber's father. Shh! I immediately said. What? Emily whispered back. Firstly, what's with the voice? And second... I don't want Mum to hear all this shit, okay? Okay, Emily replied. And don't swear whilst we're on the board, she finished. I rolled my eyes, rapidly losing tolerance for this game already. The glass began to move. Emily smiled an excited smile, as if to say, Told you so. The glass moved to H. Are you pushing that? I whispered. Emily shook her head as the glass continued to move. I noticed Emily's eyes grow wide and I looked down. Her finger wasn't on the glass. It was only mine. But the glass still moved. I... I pulled my finger off in panic. I wasn't moving that... What the fuck? That just said hi? Emily shouted, pointing at the board. And that last letter was all you. Emily looked really freaked out. I've never seen anything like that. She grabbed her coat. I need to be going. I stood up. Seriously, because of that? No, no, I'm I'm up early. She gave me a hurried hug and quickly made her way down the stairs and out of the house. 
I headed back upstairs and Emily had left in such a hurry she'd left her backpack. I text her to let her know. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. I shook my head and removed the blanket off the glass. This was all nonsense. I was about to put everything back when, in the corner of my eye, I was sure the glass just moved. Only a tiny bit. But I heard it. I seen it. Maybe, maybe it was my dad. And this was my chance to finally talk to him after so long. I stood and stared at the board for a while and then threw the blanket back over the lamp and sat back at the board. Dad? I said, as I placed my pinky on the glass. It went to why. My heart was racing. It then slowly spelt out, It's okay, sweetie. That was what my dad called me. I couldn't believe it. This was my dad. In my mind, he'd come just when I needed him the most. We spoke for at least an hour, mainly me talking and placing my hand back on the glass for a response, which would generally be things like, it's okay, and I love you. I got quite emotional before my rational self started to kick in. How do I know I'm not just making this all up in my head? I asked out loud and placed my finger on the glass and the glass didn't move. I waited and just as I'd convinced myself that I'd pushed the entire conversation just for comfort, the glass had a physical pull under my finger. E-M-I-L-Y Emily. What about her? I asked. 
it's spelt out. Liar. Pills. Rucksack. I glanced over to Emily's bag. I couldn't search it, could I? That would not be cool. But then again, this would confirm if I am speaking to my dad or not. And I'm sorry, but that one outweighed the other. I undone the drawstring and peered in. Nope. Nothing but the usual... Something shimmered back. I pulled it out. It was a silver blister pack of Oxycontin. Fuck. Double fuck. My friend's back on drugs. And behind me, my deceased father is talking to me on a Ouija board. What the fuck is my life, honestly? Amber, shouted Mum. Emily's here. I quickly put the pills back and closed the drawstring as Emily came through the bedroom door. Here you go, I said, passing her the bag. She looked rather sheepish. Thanks, I, I, I just read your text and ran back. It's got my purse and stuff in, you see. Um, you didn't... It doesn't matter. She smiled and then nodded to the board. Still at it, then? She pulled a faux serious face and pointed. Don't become a weirdo with it. And gave me a hug. Over her shoulder, I could see my mum looking into my room with quite a concern at its setup. When Emily left, Mum came to my room. What the hell's that, Amber? She said, pointing to the board. I ran my hand through my hair, thinking how best to explain that I actually believed I was communicating with her dead husband. And so, very delicately... I phrased it in a way which implied I thought it was all nonsense, but had been given some answers that I'd had verified. Of course, I didn't tell her about Emily or the Oxy. Mum's face was frozen with bewilderment, but likely down to our last few weeks of jigsawing and knitting, it was almost like she felt obliged to give it a go. So she knelt opposite me, and she said, You know this is all nonsense, right? I nodded enthusiastically. Oh, obviously. But maybe ask it something only Dad would know. Mum frowned at the suggestion, but then said, OK, what month did Alan propose to me? You need to place your pinky on the glass, Mum, I said, as I did so myself. The glass didn't move, but then slowly dragged itself, almost begrudgingly, to M, A, Y, May. Mum whipped her hand off the board. Nope, sorry, Amber, it's utter crap, and that could start a fire, she said taking the blanket off my lamp as she left the room, throwing it in an open drawer and shutting the door behind her. After a few minutes of me sitting on the bed, staring angrily at the board, I sat back down. He'd got the pills thing right, 
So why not this? Why didn't you know the month? I asked and placed my pinky back on the glass. Nothing. I asked again, louder, angrier. Why didn't you know the month? The glass didn't move. The open drawer to my left slammed shut by itself. I jumped back. The glass started vibrating. I slowly reached out and put my pinky on it. And the glass spelt out, Sorry. Then, Joke. Then, February. Now, I should mention at this point that my dad was the ultimate prankster. This little mess around was kind of his thing. By this point, I was tired. I said, Good night, Dad. And the glass moved to G.S. Good night, sweetie. The next morning, I was in the kitchen with Mum. She was reading a recipe book and I was drinking a coffee. She placed the book behind her on the counter and cleared her throat. I hope that board's been disposed of. I thumbed the ridge of my coffee cup. February, I said. What? said my mum. It was February when Dad asked you to marry him. Oh, she said. Yeah, yeah, it was. Now will you get rid of it, please? She turned to pick up the book again. But it wasn't there. It had moved a good eight feet along the side of the kitchen unit. Neither of us had seen it move. But I smiled, thinking this was just further proof that Dad was kind of back and playing his usual pranks. That night, despite my mother's request to get rid of the board, I was immediately back on it. And boy, was it active. I told Dad that Mum had admitted it was February and that I liked the prank that he played. The glass moved. Mum lies. I was not expecting that. What do you mean? I asked. The board spelt April. I don't get it, I said. The month was April, not February? The board then spelt yes. Then why would she say it was February? The board spelt out again, liar, then, affair. I I couldn't believe it. Is my dad telling me my mum had an affair? No way. I know my mum, and that's not her. Or do I? I've literally had an affair, if nothing physical... So maybe we're cut from the same... The desk tipped itself over. The noise was so loud that my mum called from downstairs, Amber, what was that? I stood and fixed the table and headed down slowly, trying to compose my thoughts. Mum was in the living room and had muted the TV after hearing the bang upstairs. Are you okay? She asked when I walked through the door. I nodded and sat down. Mum, 
Why was you lying when you said Dad proposed in February? Why? She asked with a frustrated look on her face. Well, was you? Yeah, yeah, it was April, she said. It was like she took a punch to the chest. Well, why did you lie? I asked. She shook her head as she stood up. Because I thought it would put an end to all this nonsense and you'd get rid of that damn thing. She went to walk out of the room. I stood up too. It says you had an affair on Dad. Mum froze. With an almost quaking anger in her voice, which I'd never heard from her, she said, I never cheated on your father. Not once. That thing, she pointed upstairs. Whoever or whatever it is, it's not your father. I want it out. Tonight. Gone. Do you understand me? In all my life, I'd never seen my mother so serious or furious or angry. So much so, I felt myself revert to my teenage state as I involuntarily nodded quickly in response. In fact, I'll do it myself now. Mum stormed out of the living room and into the hallway, starting for the stairs. All of a sudden, literally out of nowhere, this sudden urge came over me. A complete, visceral anger. I didn't want to harm her. I wanted to kill her. I followed her step for step up the stairs, trying to figure out the best time to wrap my hands around her slender little throat and throttle the life out. A loud noise from upstairs jolted me back to reality. I was shocked. I felt violated. What the hell had just had control over me? I'd never harm my mother, for God's sake. The noise had made my mother pause on the stairs also, and we both stood there, looking up in fear towards my bedroom. Mum looked back at me and whispered, Come on. And we inched our way up the stairs. Quite the opposite from my previous wanting to kill my mother, a protective streak came over me, and I walked in front of her. You stay here. I'll rip the thing up. If I need you, I'll call for you. Okay, she agreed, but I'm not moving from this spot. I headed into my room. The noise, it would appear, was caused by my entire bed being pushed so hard against the wall that it was raised a good few inches up the wall. After taking a few deep breaths to digest that, I headed over to the board. I glanced quickly at the door to make sure my mother wasn't looking before whispering, Dad? I reached out my hand, but the glass spelt out, Father, without me touching it. There was a heavy weight in the room, literally all around me. My dad wouldn't cause this entire scene. Are you my father? I asked. 
O-N-O-N-O-N-O-N-O, it repeatedly spelt out. And then the desk flipped itself over. I ran for the... The bedroom door shut by itself. My mum opened it on the first try, walked over to the board and ripped it to pieces before grabbing my arm and leading me downstairs, where we both spent the night. Neither of us slept a wink that night, but we both witnessed something that, for me, in spite of all that's happened, was the strangest sensation I've ever experienced. We both could tell that the other was still awake. For one, we'd kept the downstairs light on, but also without looking at each other, you could tell by our breaths that they never matched that of a sleeping person. And that's when the downstairs light went out. Both of our breaths immediately went almost silent as we tried to figure out our next move. And that's when we heard it. Someone was coming down the stairs. We were frozen. We didn't know what to do. The steps continued along the hallway to the door of the living room. Whoever it was was now watching us both from the doorframe. I looked over but couldn't make anything out in the darkness. And then it happened. A scent I hadn't recognised in over 20 years filled the room. It was my dad's scent. My mum even whispered, Alan? And then the entire feeling lifted and the light came back on. Both mum and I just hugged each other and cried until we fell asleep. That next morning, it was sunny and sunlight flooded the house. I felt confident enough to go up and tidy my room, and meanwhile, Mum had headed down to the local church to ask for a house blessing. She apparently didn't go into too much detail about what had happened. She just said the place could do with brightening. Well, that was one way of putting it. We've had nothing further happen since. But the thing that plays on my mind, much more than I'm comfortable with, is this. You see, I like to think the spirit in the doorway was my dad, arriving to tell us he'd somehow gotten rid of that malevolent thing in my room, making us both safe once more. But what if it was all my dad? What if my mum did have an affair and all the activity was just him finally getting to vent his frustration and the eventual doorway visitation was him reaching the point of forgiveness for my mother? That's the story that I least want to be true. Plus, the final message of the board was that it was not my father. So whose father was it? Or was it even anyone's? I've since researched all I can on Ouija boards and have learned that they are the most common doorway for the darkest of entities to come through. 
So which dark father did I have the misfortune of running into? I don't know, but I'm hoping it remains where it is in the past. Wow. Amber, thank you so much for sending in your true paranormal experience. It's certainly one that's been playing over and over and over in my mind ever since you've sent it in. So sincerely, thank you for your submission. And now it's time for a call-out. Don't forget, guys, we're rapidly heading towards Season 11. And although the slots are rapidly filling up, there's always space for an amazing true paranormal experience. So please, send yours in to thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com or visit our website, thedarkparanormal.com and click the Contact Us link. So that concludes Episode 7 of Season 10. For our Patreons, I'll speak to you again on Sunday for another instalment of Dark Bites and for everyone. I'll see you here next Friday for episode 8. Until then, remember, when you're dealing with the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time here on The Dark Paranormal. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.